When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear from Ohio State head football coach Ryan Day and defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. They met with Collected Media on the afternoon of Tuesday, October 3rd, coming off of a bye week and heading into this Saturday's game against the Maryland Terrapins. They both discussed what they did to help their team prepare for the number 26 team in the country during the off week. Day confirmed that Marvin Harrison Jr. was completely ready to go following his ankle injury against Notre Dame. And the head coach did briefly, but vaguely, address his feud with Lou Holtz, but more discussed the response that it has gotten in the Woody and around Columbus. Now, before we get into that audio, if you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique, varied perspectives that you will only hear from the Land Grant Podcast Network. Also, we would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. All right, with all of that out of the way, here is Ohio State's head football coach, Ryan Day. obviously used QB sneaks since you've been here. Not that often, but you used them. Um, I'm just curious to get your philosophy there. It's not obviously not a short thing. You guys stopped Notre Dame when they tried to do a quarterback sneak. Just kind of what's your philosophy on QB sneaks in general and why maybe don't you use them now? Yeah, I think um, when you line up under center, that's probably the first thing in a short yard decision that everyone's going to take away. And then you go from there. So um, it's part of our, our short yardage package, you know, whether it's appropriate to use or not. Um, you know, we try to do that on a, on a day-to-day basis or a game-to-game basis. But um, I look at what the Philadelphia Eagles did with with Hertz. You know, he's a very big, strong, powerful. Player. You know, I think with Justin Fields, we did it a lot. You know, he could he really move the pile. Um, you know, we've we practiced it. You know, everyone has a quarterback sneak in, and yeah, you know, if we think it gives us a chance, we'll we'll do it. Um, but as you can imagine, you know, we're really working hard on short yardage. Kyle, would you consider Kyle pretty stout, six three, two fifteen? Like, is he pretty, pretty good? In yeah, that? yeah. We haven't, we haven't really given him uh, many opportunities in practice. It's hard to tell. So, you know, time will tell. Uh, second row right, Bill Landis, uh, rivals, the podcast. Right. Is there a percentage in your mind that you want to be successful in short yardage, like third and three and fewer, fourth and three and fewer? And I guess, like, how, how far off that are you guys at the moment? Yeah, we want to be one hundred percent, but. Third and one, third and two, we've got to at least be north of 80. Third and three, it comes back a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, we want to win every short yard situation. And, you know, we work hard to get into those situations. And we've got to be, we got to at least be over 80. I forget exactly where we're at right now, but we, should, we need to be better. I'm assuming you spend a decent amount of time on that in the week off. I, I, not that I guess you'd share this, but, but what are, 
are there areas of emphasis that you're looking at or would you be willing to talk about a little bit of this no i just think in general anytime you're in those situations you always look at you look up matchups you know um there's always going to be extra people down towards the ball and you got to win your one-on-one matchups whether you're on defense or offense um and you know you look at angles you look at all those types of things to try to give your your guys an advantage <clears throat> and you know sometimes you just gotta you know get bigger than the other guy get stronger than the other, the other guy move them you know if, if the guys up front are moving their guys forward and the running backs are running hard you know that, that's part of it other times you gotta look at maybe getting the ball in the perimeter or throwing it down the field when they're just you know, you're banging your head against the wall so there's a lot of different ways to look at it but um but yeah you know in big games you know a lot of it comes down to short yardage uh, Tony Gergen, Buckeye Huddle. Uh, along those lines, what um, I think you guys are like just under fifty percent on running on third and fourth down. Can you throw your way out of that and then open things up on the ground? Is that something you can also? Is that something you've done? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we have in the past, and and we'll try to do whatever we can to get the first down. You know, I mean, we're gonna try to do what we can schematically to get it done. But yeah, that, that's always a possibility. How frustrating has that been so far this season? Yeah, it's been frustrating. Um, certainly look back on the film and see the way we moved the ball up and down the field, but not finish those drives was extremely frustrating. Right next door, Pat Murphy, 24-7 Sports. Ryan Kyle obviously has this big moment helping you uh, not only that drive at the end, but the, the entire Notre Dame game. Coming out of that, how have you seen him react to that? And where do you want to see him grow after his first kind of big college moment? Yeah, there was there was a lot of good things in the game. Certainly finishing the way it happened, but you know now it's on to Maryland. Bigger challenges ahead. We got a lot of football ahead, um, and you know he's got to grow. He's got to get better in, in a lot of different areas, just like everybody else. But um, good to get that experience. Um, but yeah, I mean we all need to be more efficient. We need to finish drives off better. And you know there's a lot of plays that he wish he had back the other night. Um, but now we're moving forward. You know, we're after, we're, we're after the bye week. We've addressed all those things, and now all the focus is, is on Maryland. This trajectory feels similar to Justin and CJ. I feel like sometimes we think about the end product. Maybe we don't look back at it. Kind of how, I'm sure you do. How, how is he? It's only a couple games. You know, I don't think we can, you know, leap to judgments. Um, you know, if we don't have that drive at the end of the game, you know, where does that put him? We, we did, so now where does that put him, you know? You know, you, you can't ride the roller coaster of that, good or bad. Um, it, it is what it is. There's things that we got to get better at. There's things we're getting better uh, each week um, at. But um, you know, you, you can't. It's it's more of the process. You know, and I think with a quarterback, you have to do that because you, you can get caught up in everything else. There's a lot of things that come with each play. You know, there's 21 other guys on the field that are you know affecting where the decisions are in terms of where the ball is being thrown all kinds of different variables and uh, the other thing is we only had you know eight possessions in that game so there wasn't as many opportunities as maybe you would like to to do that so we got to be better as a, as a whole on offense of finishing drives off so that um, we can have more possessions and be more efficient steven means cleveland.com following up with some more of the call stuff there's winning the job which he's done now there's that and then there's almost that next step of maybe leaving your imprint on the program or whatnot whether it was you going through it yourself CJ, Justin, Dwayne, when do you see that next step start to happen for quarterbacks where it's not just, okay, I've won the job, now what's next? What's the next step? Well, yeah, I, um, I think any successful person would tell you that it's not an accomplishment to get a job. That's just an opportunity. What you do with it is what matters. And that's, I think, with anybody across the board. And so, you know, it's an opportunity. And, you know, he's had a couple games as a starter, and that's good. But this is just an opportunity, and so the rest is is yet to be written. And uh, I know he's working really hard to to play his best football in in, in our week five. Like there's stuff CJ used to say that still people say here, even though he's gone. It's, it's clear his imprint was left. Are you starting to see that from Kyle a little bit? Where even though it's early on in the process, him leaving his imprint on this is now his program. Yeah, I think now that you're into you know a quarter of the season out of the way, um, you're starting to see. A little bit of a different personality take place, and each team has its own personality. Um, but like you know, this this team does have more experience than maybe in the teams in the past, so that's good. But the leader, you know, we we again we got to continue to take these steps forward. And said, build our own. Started to forge here, but 
you know, we got a lot of football ahead of us. Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Ryan, it seemed like last year you guys were, you know, on a good roll going into the bye week, and then maybe he had some struggles coming out of a bye week. Did you guys do anything different during the bye week this year to try to, you know, avoid any complacency? No, I mean, um, you know, we look at all those types of things, and um, there's certainly no complacency here. We know that, you know, we, we got to continue to get better. Um, we did you know, give the guys a little bit of time to clear their minds and their bodies and their souls because, you know, it's going to be, be a heck of a run here um, for the next couple months. But um, but I think it's more about this week. Um, you know, we did two more practicing this week um, than maybe how we did the middle of last coming off the bike. You know, we did it before the Georgia game. We did it before week one, kind of how we practiced this week um, with the Monday practice and helmets. And then we're going with our normal Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practice, which in the past we'd changed up for a few years. We thought that that gave us a little bit of an edge. Um, so we need to have a great Tuesday practice today. Are you expecting Marvin to be full go this week? Yeah. Austin Ward, Rivals uh, podcast. Ryan, it's a only Kyle can say, I guess, if he feels more confidence or right. know, energy coming out of that. For, but for you as the head coach and, and calling plays, what does seeing your quarterback do that really for the first time at that high level or even some of the plays that you called on that drive, when you were thinking about that during the off week, does it change the way you progress with him or the way that you think about him? Yeah, it's like I was told as a young quarterback, you know, once you come home with an A in algebra, you're expected to get an A in algebra all the time. Well, now you're seeing what, what Kyle can do. And so that's now the expectations are getting mounted up, and that's good. That means, you know, you've shown you can do it. Okay, now let's continue to do that and let's improve in these other areas. But it does give confidence, I think, not only to, um, to myself and the coaching staff, but also the guys around them. You kind of mentioned this after the game, like, well, the third and fourth down success is significant, and that counts for something. Is there is there something with the concepts and the schemes that fit in better that you're calling at those? Can you adjust that and put it in earlier downs? Like, I know I'm not trying to get the full game plan for Saturday, but it just it seems like there's a process that goes on for you to see how it fits. Yeah, and I think that's that's the journey we talk about every year of, of finding the right balance of things that fit the quarterback um, and then the offensive line, and then it goes from there. Um, and you know, Kyle's different than CJ. CJ's different than, than Justin and different than Dwayne and JT. So um, we'll try to identify those things. In each game, you'll learn more, okay? For some reason, he saw this really well. Now, maybe that was the preparation. Maybe it was the teaching. Maybe it was the scheme. Um, maybe he saw that look in practice and we were able to replicate it, you know, in the game. Uh, maybe this was a different look. Maybe he's more comfortable with these concepts. Um, you check the footwork. There's so many different things that come into it. And yeah, we want to make sure we're doing the best we can to put our guys in the, in the situation to be successful, and, and that starts with the quarterback. Over here, Don Tiberi, WBNS. Coach, how big of a challenge will this be for your defense with Tonga Viola, and uh, just how do you defend these guys? Yeah, um, you know, Talia has played a lot of football. He makes a lot of plays. Um, you know, they, they have they have weapons on offense. Um, you know, you saw that last year and what they did. So you know, we got to do a good job of of recognizing how they're trying to attack us. Have a great week of practice. Um, you know, ultimately, it comes down to, to winning the game up front. But you know, our secondary is going to get challenged this week. Can you get pressure on him? Yeah, we, we need to get pressure on him. Anytime you're trying to disrupt the passing game, that's a big part of the equation. Play all the WSYX. I don't know. Did you watch some uh, football this weekend? I'm just wondering, uh, is the Big Ten the best uh, football league in the country? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's great football in the Big Ten. I think some really good teams. Um, you know, I watched some of it this weekend, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think the, the product on the field right now is as good as it's ever been. Three of the top six right. teams, you know. Yep. Uh, right behind him, Adam King, WBNS. You said week one, you've got to learn to be okay with winning on defense. You guys give up 14 against Notre Dame. The defense is one of the best in the country right now. Have you noticed a different from them walking around the Woody? I mean, is there a different level of confidence than, than since you've been here? Yeah, I think so. I think it started in the off season, though. Um, you know, it's hard to to talk about that when you know nobody else sees it. But when you see it every day in practice, um, there's just a confidence that builds over time. When good's going against good, you know, you, you know that if you can you know score on our defense or if our defense can stop our offense, you know, on both sides, you're, you're going against really good 
really good people. Um, and that builds confidence within the building. But now you're starting to see it on the field. Far left, Joe Nugent, WCMH. Statistically, Maryland's defense has been really strong. What uh, stands out about that unit? Um, sound, um, strong up front, athletic in the back end. Um, you know, they've replaced some really good DBs last year with more good DBs. Um, I think the safeties are playing well. Corners are excellent. Linebackers are, uh, are more experienced this year, playing faster. Um, he's recruited some guys up front. So, um, and, and, you know, they're, they're very sound. They don't give up a lot of big plays and create turnovers. Yeah, and he does a great job and has done a great job. So it's, it's a big challenge uh, to our defense to do that. Uh, challenge to our D-line. We're always trying to get a pass rush. We're always trying to avoid big plays. That's, that's not new, but, it, but it, to your point, it is a challenge because that's something they do very well. Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, you mentioned at times this year, teams bracketing Marvin in coverage. How, how, how much more frequently is that happening this year versus last year trying to get some kind of better perspective on, on that? Yeah, I, th I think that there's there's times where that's happening. and um, But you can't do that all the time either. You know, But they definitely know where he is. And typically, you know, they'll, they'll you know, put a you know a couple guys to his side or, or whatever that is and um, you know it's based on the type of scheme that we're playing but everybody knows where he is on the field for sure do you expect teams to continue to do that throughout the season considering the way mecca's played this year it would seem teams might be more honest but that seems to be the way it keeps going yeah i mean we'll when um you know when we get that style of of defense you know we have to make sure that you know we're you know creating you know, as many explosive plays in the other areas and attacking the defense where the coverage isn't, you know, and I think to your point, you're talking about bracket coverage in particular, you know, you got to find the one-on-ones and you know, we got to win the one-on-ones in those situations. But then there's also things on first and second down that you might see. And, um, you know, whether it's running the ball or finding a matchup at another position, you know, the more, the more we do that, the more pressure it takes off Marvin. Spencer Holbrook, let him in row. Ryan, you talked at different points the last couple of months about not putting too much on Kyle as a first-year starter. Do you feel like you guys are, are past that point now that you've seen him in a big-time environment and winning a game like that? Do you think you're past the point of we can't put too much on Kyle? Is he reached that level? I think we took a step in the right direction, but um, I think we're still building um, and we're still growing and we're still a work in progress. In that same vein, do you think that I know that you guys had the 61-yard run from Trevi on the score touchdown, but do you think you need a little bit more right now in the running game other than that one run? You weren't great for carry. Yeah, I mean, um, we always want more in a run game, always. Um, but like I say, all the runs count, you know, so you can say, well, you can take out a couple runs, but um, but that run count. So that was a big one. Uh, but we'd certainly want to be more efficient in the run game. Right next door, Cameron T. Robinson, the Athletic. Brian, a, a month into this year, I mean, this, this season, have you seen is the growth of the off the line at the pace you expected it would be at in prison? Um, always want them to be better. Uh, I mean, there has been progress made. We've seen that for sure. Um, but but again, you know, we're, we're challenging everybody on our team, coaches, players, everybody's got to get better. And you know, if we, you know, going to win, you know, this weekend start with this weekend against Maryland, you know, we all have to play better. We have to coach better um, across the board. You know, I think I've said this to you guys before, like you have to upgrade every week. And, you know, this needs to be, you know, Ohio State 5.0. It can't be the same team that was there last week or two weeks ago. I mean, that game is long gone. We got to get better this week. So um, the offensive line is no different. Andrew Gillis, Cleveland.com. Brian, you've got quarterbacks kind of all over the roster from all over the country. Um, is there a difference that you've seen from when quarterbacks enter the program and maybe even today, stylistically, philosophically, how they approach the game when they enter as freshmen? Yeah, very different. Everybody's personality is extremely different. Even like the guys in our room right now, the four guys we have, there's all completely different people, um, all from different parts of the, the country. Um, all have a different personality, you know, but we pretty much coach them all the same. Uh, right in front of him, Dylan Davis, Delaware Gazette. When you had a chance to evaluate where your team's at there in the bye week, I guess, just curious what your thoughts are about where they are and if you hope to be further along, are you comfortable with where they are right now? We're 4-0, you know, um, 
but there's all, all kinds of areas that we want to improve on. You know, you can imagine that. You know, we just we, we got to get better, and that's that's that has to do with practice and getting on a field and doing it. So we want to be more efficient and execute better on you know all three phases, um, and we got to continue to upgrade. So you know, I, the goal is to be four zero. We're four zero, so that's good. But there's still a lot of areas of improvement. I'm just curious about the bye week, the timing of it. I know there's a lot of different reasons why a bye week may fall in a good spot or a bad spot. Just your feelings on where the bye week fell with the uh, coming up to the day. Would you have liked to carry that momentum in, or is it good to be able to come up for breath? Both, that? both, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see after Saturday, after the game, and get a feel for what that was and how we did. Um, there's parts of me that like a little bit of a, a mental break and a physical break, um, but there's part of me that wants to just keep playing and continue to build the momentum. But... You know, we'll get an idea on Saturday how we've come out of this. Andy Backstrom, 11 in a row. Ryan, with averaging fewer possessions in the clock room and all that stuff, does that affect the redshirt management process? I know you're only four games in, but is that a new wrinkle this year you have to think about with managing this roster? Yeah, I mean, it's it, the number of plays are down, so, um, you know, that that is something that we consider, but with, the rule hasn't changed, so it's still the four games. And, you know, I get that printout every week, and we identify the guys that, you know, we'll be playing in that fifth game. Um, but we still have guys who have played two, three. We do have a few that have, have read at four, so you got to kind of make that decision. But, um, you know, we take all that into consideration. Uh, Rob Aller, Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, this is the first opportunity we've had to ask you about post-game comments, reaction to it. Two things. One, what, are you, what have you received? What have you heard? I, I think players loved it, recruits probably. And two, was the Lou Holtz thing sort of just a, a flashpoint for frustration that build up? Or I'll just let you speak to those. Yeah, I, I don't really want to get into much of that today just because all the focus is on Maryland. Um, but, you know, a couple things. One, I'm very proud of the fact that we're, we're 2-0 against Notre Dame in the last two years. Uh, I'm proud of the way our team played. Um, I'm proud of the grit that they showed. It was an emotional game. Um, and I can tell you that the response that I've got from – Buckeye Nation, people around Columbus, our team um, has been remarkable. Um, you know, they, they just love the passion our team played with on Saturday night. Uh, Jeremy Birmingham, uh, Rivals, the podcast. Right. First, did the Big Ten apologize for anything in the last year? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> on the recruiting front, the world is obviously different with NIL, transfer portal, and stuff. Have you guys seen as a coaching staff maybe a shift in the power dynamics in recruiting kids and their high school coaches maybe having different leverage and how they how they operate? And if so, how do you guys as a staff approach that Like when you have a week like last week when you're on the road? Yeah, um, I think that NIL certainly has had an impact. I think if anybody says it hasn't, then that's not accurate. Um, yeah, it definitely has had an impact in um, – you know there have been maybe some swings in that in that area for sure um but that's not going to change what we're doing here you know we we feel great about the opportunity our, our players have but also you know what it means to be a buckeye and you know we're going to continue to talk about that and we want to always find the right fit here you spent the last month and a half not really having like the home recruiting weekends that we're used to sort of ramping up now with this weekend and then penn state have you guys adjusted your approach to those at all, or is it pretty much standard? Um, when when we went to the the spring um, visits, you know, as you know, the the official visits now really take place in the spring, where in the past maybe somebody had sprinkled in throughout the season, so you don't see as many official visits during the fall. There's a couple mixed in. We've had a couple, but um, but in terms of unofficial visitors, I think you're going to start to see that ramp up. You know, as we get into uh, the meat of the season. Uh, Nathan Barrett, Cleveland.com. Sorry, I think the longest touchdown you guys have allowed so far is two yards, something like that. Uh, obviously, that was a, a sticking point last year for you, uh, giving up the explosive touchdowns. How much was there a collaborative effort with you and Jim in the offseason as to how best to address that? Was it something you just tasked Tim with, like, hey, it's time to reevaluate what's going on? How did you guys approach that? I mean, we, we, we talk constantly about the pluses and the minuses and you know, when you look back on a season, you know, the easy thing to do is overreact. Um, you know, we got to make sure that we're doing what's right for this group. It's a different group than we had last year. Um, you know, figuring out as the season goes on, you know, how do we want this to look at the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, the end of the season, because that's very, very different. Um, 
but but I think you know um, there's bigger challenges ahead. Um, first four games in the books, you've seen some improvement there, but we know in all areas, including on defense, we've got to continue to grow and get better. And, and the, again, the encouraging thing is you watch the film. There's there's plenty of areas Jim will tell you that we can get better at. Besides the end result, like not giving up those explosive touchdowns, what do you like about? I mean, he says he's blitzing less than he ever has before. So what do you like about what you're seeing from how this defense plays? And yeah, I mean. You know, Jim loves the blitz, and, and he will. Uh, he's always going to be aggressive. We're not going to be bend, but don't break. But at the same time, when the front four can get a, a you know, can can affect the line of scrimmage and get a pass rush, then certainly takes takes pressure off of the blitzing. Um, but I mean, I know he's got a whole bunch of blitzes lined up down the road for for when the right time comes in. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a, he's got a great defensive mind, and um, you know, finding that balance is is critical. But um, I think that we are using our hands a little better. Our pad level's gotten better. Still can improve in all areas. Um, we can still get our hands on more and more throws, run to the ball, create turnovers. Yeah, there's a whole laundry list of things. But uh, to this point, you know, we've, we have improved in certain areas. Steve Hellwagon, 24-7 Sports. Yeah, back on the run game, uh, the, the touchdown you had, uh, what was special about that play? Just Was that something different that, that maybe you hadn't shown? Or... Was that a, a look like the right side of your line hit their blocks coming around and, and Marvin sells yeah. out on his aspect of it. And as the phrase goes, just give him a crease and he can get it. Just what what happened on that play? Yeah, the, the play bounced. Um, you know, the defensive end came down really hard on Matt Jones. But Matt, jo Matt Jones stood his ground there. And, you know, when the end man line of scrimmage sets the edge that hard, uh, he runs a risk of the ball bouncing. The ball did bounce. And once Trey found himself outside of, um, you know, the box, at that point, there was really the safety in the corner. Uh, we've been really working hard. And, you know, Brian's been working hard with the, with the wide outs about blocking because that's a gain of 10 or a touchdown. Marvin made the block, put himself in there. He actually got rolled up on that play, but he put his body in, in front of it. And, and that was the block that, that sprung him. Uh, for Travion, I thought he did a really good job in open space. You know, we work hard on open field running, and you know, that safety really never got his got a chance to touch him. And then, and then once he broke free, you know, you can see what a home run hitter you know he is and was in that play. So, um, you know, that was that was a huge play for us. It was just a one play drive. I know you, you don't like this, but let's take that one out. You had 64 yards on the other 24 carries, the other 24 attempts. Uh, what can you do to even that out? What did you work on to make it a little bit more consistent and get it four or five yards of carry? Yeah. Um, yeah, those are all the areas that we're watching to see, you know, what is it? Is it the scheme? Is it, you know, the running backs? Is it the, you know, the offensive line? How are we fitting it? Um, and just like any time, you know, you're not hitting the run game, you know, it's like ooh, one play here, one play there, one block here, one block there. Now, as we all know, you got to give the run game a little time to take effect and and then when it does, you start to wear teams down. You can start to those runs of three and four turn into five, six, seven, and then it can turn into explosive plays. You know, we, we've got to start faster and we've got to be more efficient in making those runs early on, four, fives, and sixes. That's the challenge because uh, we're not getting, you know, 75, 80 plays like we used to, and that, that, that matters. So uh, we've got to be better, especially in the first quarter. Well, far left, Jared Smalley, WCMH. All right. Uh, back to pass rush. It's one of those double-edged sword things. Everybody says, hey, you got to play your best guys. And you play your best guys, and you go to the end of the game, you look at Jack and JT play at every snap. And it's a long season, and you worry about those kind of things too. How critical is it for you to not only establish a rush, but to get depth with your rush and get those guys cycled in a bit more and take the workload down a bit? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, those guys are, are becoming, you know, warriors, you know, that, that – we talked about this going into the season that they're going to have to take the they're going to carry the water up front and that means taking on the you know the majority of the body of work up there now the more we can get guys in there the better off we're going to be in the long run but you know i was proud of how many reps they played and um you know it, it showed up though because even in that last play even though jt's in the whole game you say well he's been playing a lot of football he, he made two giant plays in that game and that was big. That was big for not only just you know our team, but just for him and the confidence that I can I can handle this many snaps in a game. Um, but to your point, you know the more depth we can we can play with, um, the fresher we can be.
there's a fine line there. Bill Landis, Rivals, the podcast. Or did I already call yeah, Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Doug Maurice. Uh, Ryan, you said the defense isn't going to be bend, don't break. Why not? Well, because we always want to be aggressive. You know, uh, we're not we're, – we're a style of defense that always wants to be aggressive. But at the same time, we, we don't want to give up explosive plays. So that's the, 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 the give and take of it all. Um, but, you know, we, we are – there's times where, yeah, okay, if they get a first down, we're okay. We'll make them drive the entire field. But um, that mentality is not what we want on defense. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to get in your face. We're going to get after you. Um, but also not give up big plays. Um, you have a lot of things as a head coach to consider. There's a lot – college football is a huge sport, and there's a lot of people talking and writing about it all the time. Uh, how does a head coach consider when to respond to something, when to say something on behalf of a team, when to let something go and not get involved? Because I would imagine, you know, there's a hundred things that you could comment on, and head coaches don't do that. What's that discussion like for a head coach to, to figure out when to say something, when not? Um, you have to execute a lot of patience. Um to bite your tongue a lot that's part of the job um but sometimes when you know your team um you know reaches a certain point sometimes you know you just you got to do what's right for the guys on your team and you know finding that balance is is you know the art of being a coach but um but yeah to your point there's there's a lot of times where you just have to you know take the take the high road and that's that's going to be done the majority of the time but I also know that you know it's Ohio against the world, and that's part of the job. Um, our guys also know that you know there's a certain time where you know you gotta you gotta stand up for what you believe in, and you know we're focused on Maryland, so that's behind us. But I also think there was a lesson learned for our team. Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Not to belabor the pass rush, but I'll belabor the pass rush. You have five sacks. I know sacks are not everything, but are you content with the amount of pressure the the disruption that the pass rush is causing, especially with Talia this week, um, that's going to be crucial. Just kind of what's the status of, of the pass rush? Yeah, I, I thought we went against two really good tackles a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, watching that and evaluating that, I thought there was there was some good pass rushes in there, and we were close. Um, you know, I think this week gives us an opportunity again to to see where that goes. Um, you know, there's times where you know there's there's run stunts going on that maybe it's not as much of a pass rush and um, but you know our our goal when when the quarterback's dropping back obviously it is is to to pressure hurry and obviously sack them. Uh, silly little question. At the end of the Notre Dame game, you kicked the extra point. Some people said should have just taken a knee on that. Have you thought about that? Yeah, yeah. It, it, if there was an untimed down, I was going to take a knee, but with one second, I just felt like. Um, you, know, you want to you want to kick the extra point? Just who knows what could possibly happen, right? You just never know. Um, you know, with the kick, I don't know. I just I felt like um, it was the right thing to do with time on the clock, just to kick the extra point. But um, I guess you could come up with a crazy scenario where there was a kickoff and Last year, it, turned an extra point for two points. No, I know, I know. And I just I felt like at that point, if if we can't kick the extra point, we don't deserve to win. But um, but I, I felt like. You know, with one second on the clock, the right thing to do is to kick it. But I'm sure there could be an argument either way. And we'll wrap up with uh, uh, Tim May on three. <laughs> Close enough. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, just a real quick follow-up. Did you get A's in trigonometry? No. Okay. B plus. Uh, number two, do you have peacock? Yes. Okay. You understand there's a stir going on out there, right? Actually, no, Paramount I think I have. I don't oh, yeah, think I Paramount, have Peacock, yeah. yeah. You'll get Peacock, yeah. Because of Yellowstone. I had to get it for, for Yellowstone, I think. This, this yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> I got it on Peacock, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joey Bosa, in 2014, Ohio State went to double overtime game at Penn State, hard-fought game. Mm -hmm. And he said right after that game, that, that team took a – he felt that team take a, take a step, meaning from a – confidence standpoint, competitive standpoint stuff. Have you sensed that around the building that this team has a different, uh, I don't know, kicking its step, so to speak, coming out of a game like that? Yeah, I think so. I do. But that's going to show itself on Saturday against Maryland. But yeah, I think 
coming off that field and and um and I do that's why it's kind of you know like I was saying before you know it's good to get some rest kind of wanted to keep that momentum going but but yeah I I think a lot of guys gained a lot of confidence coming out of that game and one other thing how much does it help that y'all were in a dog fight turtle fight whatever you want to call it last year with this team coming in to get their attention about this team yeah I, I mean guys better better recognize it because that's exactly what happened it went all the way down to the last play and uh, they know how good this team is and, and how many weapons they have and um you know if, if we're not executing very well it's going to go all the way down to the fourth quarter so um yeah this this team definitely has our team's attention coach thank you very much Next up to the podium is defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. Coach, thank you for your time. We'll open up the floor. Uh, Cameron Teague Robinson, the athletic. Jim, when you look at Maryland and see what stands out about him from this year um, and that maybe he's grown and improved on from last year? Did you say the quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's he's always been a dynamic player. I mean, he's he creates offense. Um, he has uh, a really strong arm. You know, he can he can make the the throws from sideline to sideline. Um, you know, he hurt us with some plays last year. I just think he's, you know, he's he's a great player, but he's he's also making good decisions. You know? Getting pressure on him, they have they only given up three sacks this year. Uh, how do you generate pressure for that for a guy like You know, you have to uh, try to keep him off balance. You know, at at the same time, it's really got to be a co- it's got to be a coordinated rush. I mean, because you see multiple instances of, of guys coming free and he makes them miss. I mean, you know, Scott free. So um, really there's a lot of coordination involved in trying to contain him. It's got to be a big part of the game plan. Second row left, Nathan Barrett, Cleveland.com. You guys have, I think, the longest touchdown you've allowed so far this year, two yards, something like that. Was that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, that was obviously a big off-season focus. Is that your biggest, I guess, measurement right now of whether that's been a success, or what else are you seeing from this defense that goes along with that that makes that these changes worth it? You know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of resiliency. Um, I'm seeing, um, you know, a get better approach, a, a you know, accountability in mistakes, you know, across the board, if they're made, how do we fix them? You know, I just, I just feel like everybody's working together. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, it's always, what have you done for me lately? You know, that we need to focus on and keep pressing forward. But like there's enough good things that we can look at and say, hey, look, this was this was good, you know, and there are enough things that we can fix, you know, to always stay hungry. Last year you used Tommy so relentlessly is that in the blitz, and you said the last time we talked to you about how much you think you're blitzing less than you ever have before. How do you still, I guess, use him as the weapon you want him to be if you're not using him as much in that capacity? Yeah, we're using we're using him more to be, um, you know, a quarterback on the field. That's really he's he's um, become that guy that can see things that I see, you know, think like me, and you know he can make changes and adjustments on, on the field. So I don't know. Maybe we're using him more for his his 
mind and less for his aggression but you know there's there's still both involved but he's become um really a, a true quarterback of the defense third row middle dan holt 11 warriors jim you guys had some trouble with covering the tight end against notre dame is there anything you look at coming out of that that you need to do better no i think those those um those matchups, particularly against a team like that, that has has seemed to always have good tight ends. I think um, there there can always be more adjustments, you know, um, more ways to focus on it and things things to learn. Um, nothing specifically, but I know that we need to have uh, a, you know even continue to build the arsenal against that kind of tight end. Is there a possibility of moving a guy like Sonny around more when you're going up against a tight end like that? Yeah, I always consider that. You know, um, you have to balance uh, disguise with doing that. You know, when you when you move him around, um, you know, can the offense get a beat on you? You know, are you less? Uh, are you telling more? You know, are you showing more when you do it? But it's it's definitely a possibility. Far left, Whitney Harding, WCMH. Jim, um, you already talked about Talia, but they've made it very clear. They want to have 12 explosive plays a game, and they got nine last week. What do they do as a team that allows them to have those big plays so consistently? You know, we always talk about coverage and rush working together, so really it's uh, he has the ability to extend plays, you know, and when you get – uh, an extended play, um, the opportunity to uh, make an explosive or give up an explosive, it goes up, you know, and he has that ability to extend it, and I think that's why it's happening. How do you get your guys, I mean, obviously when the play gets extended, physically it can be exhausting, but mentally it can be just as exhausting. So how do you work on that to make sure they can stay crisp mentally as a play gets longer? I yell at them a lot. As the play goes, uh, as the play goes on... <laughs> against the scout team and we try to we try to have the quarterback extend the plays to simulate it and then I just scream at them as loudly as I can. Front row. Uh, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Okay. <laughs> Jim, you said right after the Notre Dame game that, that it was good to, to be able to learn from a win. Um, you held them to 14 points but they did control the ball. What did you what did you learn when you watched the tape, and what's been the emphasis since then? You know, I I, I, I saw some things, you know, that uh, that I needed to adjust. I guess you would say. You know, I I, I think that uh, some of those long drives, I could I could have adjusted adjusted better to some of the things they were doing with motioning the tight end, you know, and cre creating extra gaps. Um, it's just really uh, on me to keep learning and getting be and getting better at it. Tyreek seems to, to have kind of gotten that consistency that everyone's been talking about. Is that what you're seeing? How, how, how effective has he been? Yeah, I mean, the, like he missed some time early. So when you look at reps, you know, they all count. And you go back to camp and things like that. So he's like actually still behind in reps when you look at you know, most of the time most of the time all we do is practice so it seems to me that the more reps he's he gets it's that game shape and he's able to extend himself you know and keep his athletic ability going into the fourth quarter Dave Biddle 24 7 sports Jim you were saying you know getting pressure is obviously important with a quarterback like this what else are some, some keys to slowing down Tonga Vailoa <laughs> Mixing up things in the secondary. Just what are some keys to slowing him down? Yeah, you, you, you've got to um, present some different pictures. You know, it's kind of like a catch twenty-two. You present different pictures, and he holds the ball longer. You know, so you know it's 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 presenting different pictures, but then having a coordinated rush. You know, it's 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 not like a typical quarterback where you say, "Hey, let's present some different pictures, get him to hold the ball." and just go after him, you know, mix it up and go after him. Can't do that with him because it, if you present different pictures and he holds the ball, you know, now you better be coordinated with your rush. So it is different. Are 
are they pretty similar offensively to what they were last year, or have they made any major changes? No, they're pretty similar. Doug Lamarice, Kings of Columbus. Jim, I, I think this is right. In the Notre Dame game, JT was on the right side over the left tackle most of the game, almost the entire game. But then on, he makes the play on the opposite side. He's lined up on knocking down the screen. How, how does something like that happen? Is there a decision? What, how did it come to be that he was there at that time? No, I mean, yeah, he knocked down the screen and, and he had uh, the TFL, right? He made two really, really big plays. No, that I mean, uh, Coach Johnson has his plan, and he and he and he works it beautifully. So um, that was a situation where you, you really prefer. I mean, you're on that hash mark. You do prefer JT to be there, you know, against a non-scrambling quarterback because he's a, he's a he's a playmaker a lot of times into the boundary because he seems. He seems to do a lot of good things in there, you know, because he he plays the pass sometimes. He drops, you know. He's he's just a really versatile athlete to have into the boundary there in that situation. And, and obviously, you guys were so good in the first half. You're talking about the, the two drives that they did have. Did you just think that maybe you guys wore down a little bit in that moment? Did you get tired? No, I don't think we wore that? down. I think we we we. Uh, Gave up some bad plays, you know. Maybe had a penalty, if I can recall. Um, you know, uh, you know, had some, had some, had some, had some bad plays, you know. And like I said, I think I, I learned a lot from it too, um, in terms of adjustments in the running game that we that we need to make. Front row right, Austin Ward, Rivals, the podcast. Jim, there's a you can find numbers that say that the pressure rate has been better than most throughout the first four games, or you could take some and say, well, the sack total is pretty low. They're they're not getting to the quarterback as much as they might want. If you're evaluating this, what's the metric that's most important to you? Winning, uh, winning third down, winning fourth down, and and uh, limiting explosive plays. That's the most. That's the most important thing. So, um, we seem to be on a good track with that. We want to. We want to keep that. We want to keep that up. Um, everybody loves a lot of sacks. So do I. I think when uh, I was younger, I was probably driven more by that. Like you know, how can how can we get more sacks, more negative plays, but. Um, the bottom line is eliminate the explosive plays, win, win on third and fourth down. So that's what we got to continue to focus focus on. You've mentioned this, called the, the coordinated rush a few times. In your mind, what what does that mean to to us amateurs on the outside of coordinated? I can't rush? tell you that. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. That's a okay. secret. That's a secret. Okay. We, we talk about it after the season Perfect. over a cigar or something. Yeah. Yeah. Deal. If it works, if it doesn't work, then. You know, I'm sure you won't want to talk to me. Okay, there you go. Tim May, Letterman Row. Yeah, well, following up on that, you know, Coach Day was in here a while ago, and he basically indicated you've got all these blitzes you'd like to throw at people. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know where, where, where you want to call it, repertoire, but uh, do you find yourself holding back or being, a, I don't know if conservative is not the right word, but uh, what is that sense you have about yourself right now so far into the season from what you'd really like to throw at people? Yeah, the honest answer is yes. You know, yes. But what you know, what what matters is what works. You know, um, you like to have enough because if you need to enact it, you want to be able to enact it, right? So there's there's always that balance of practice time, like. How much do I work on all these things that I have or I'd like to do? Because someday we're going to need it, and uh, you know. And how much is it like? You know what? Stay on course. Stay with the plan. Limit the explosive plays. Win third or fourth down. You know. So yes, but the answer is yes. It's a constant uh, battle 
fought just by myself somewhere. Yeah, that's it. Voices in your head. Yes. Uh, and one other quick, like JT, like you just touched on a minute ago, there are players that come along that, man, in a moment in a game, you might not have even heard their name called, but suddenly, uh, it, what is that like to coach a player, I guess, like that? Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, can you count on that? But uh, but then a lot of times he comes through. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's Coach Day talks about it all the time. It's that competitive excellence, you know, st stepping up in the most important moments, you know. I don't know that you coach that as much as you you, ju you just have faith in it. He's a guy that has shown you to do shown to do that, right? And a lot of times, it's exactly goes back to your last question, dude. You know, I spent a lot of my career trying to call guys into into things, you know. And with a guy like that, you just gotta let you gotta let him play and just believe that he's gonna show up when when the moment counts the most. Uh, fourth row middle, uh, Tony Gerdman, Buckeye Huddle. Jim, obviously there's only so many hours in a day, but when you're playing against a quarterback that has been around forever, how does your week change? How does that change your week in that preparation? Well, this has been good because we had the bye week, right? So you can get ahead. Um, when you can get ahead, you know, sometimes there's a tendency to, to put more in, but really it, it's about coming up with a few things and working them over and over again. So I think the increased uh, repetition when you play a, quarter, a quarterback like this is, is where you can benefit the most. Um, Steve Hellwagon, 24-7 Sports. Yeah, Coach, you had a package for Cody Simon. Looked like he got in a series or two on each side in place of Chambers, and then they played together for just a few snaps. Just if you can, without giving away too much, just a little bit about how you deployed him, why you deployed him, and, and he did make a play there on the fourth down. Yeah. Um, Cody is, is, has, has shown some really good things, and he's a – He's a great team guy, and, and he's he's shown in practice, and he produces in some moments. So um, I know it's just about me, uh, just like you said, trying to be, uh, I don't know if it's even creative. It's just trying to put him in spots where you know you can count, count on him, you know. And uh, so that's just things I look at every week, how to get him on the field. Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Jim, I think Notre Dame maybe threw Denzel's way like one time. And when you have a corner who's is covering that well, where teams are respecting him in that way, what does that do for defense? Oh, man, it's just uh, it, it, it gives everybody confidence. Um, Denzel is really playing at a high level. And, you know, when you um, scheme up the coverages, and you know you can just count on him and uh, kind of take that out of the equation. It allows, it allows you to do some other things, you know, with the other guys. And, uh, but it's just uh, it's a great thing for the defense and I think the team when you got a guy playing like that. As far as in the learning, in the defensive end, you had JT and Jack not, not coming off the field for, for any, any snaps. Uh, how unusual that is? What what led to that sort of happening in the game? What was just the flow of the game, tight game, sixty something plays? Yeah, all of that. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tight game, it's a matchup game, it's it's um you know, the plays, the way the game has changed, how many less plays, you know, you just have more of an opportunity to let your best players play, you know, and and uh um less substitution in that case it can be good for us you know to keep those guys in there but it's a balance you always got you always have to look at it got time for just a couple more bill landis uh, rivals the podcast jimmy guys stopped them on a quarterback sneak where they tried to sneak out the side on you just i guess generally what are the challenges of defending a quarterback sneak and, and i don't think you guys have seen a team that tries the one where you just push the quarterback across the line but do you have any thoughts on on that way of going about it yeah i mean uh you know, you have certain calls that you make, and uh, you know, my uh, hometown team, right? They've made that famous, you know, and 
Notre Dame had actually showed it with a, a different guy running it, right? Like was it a tight end or something like that? So um, that was that was new to try to have the quarterback run it, but you 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 try to do the push inside, and uh, you, you see Tommy like kind of Palomalu over the top. But part of that plan is you always have to have the escape hatches. You know, you got you got to have those escape hatches. The guy to get out. And that that one worked out perf- perfectly. You know, it really did. I mean, Sonny went right to the escape hatch, which was awesome. Uh, fourth or right, Andy Backstrom, Letterman Rock. Jim, I know we talk about the safeties moving around, being in the playoff three spots. We're often talking about Sonny. Uh, but with Josh and Nathan and having moved them a bunch around the boundary, up high, back and forth, what kind of dynamic is that to help your defense, and, and how has that helped so far? Well, it it, it just helps because of knowledge of the system, right? You got to be safeties when they can see the whole forest through the trees, then they know what's going on and they play some over there. They know what's going on on that side and they just have a better understanding of the entire defense. And, and that's what you want your safeties. You want, you want your safeties to really understand all the details, no matter where they're lined up. And I think when you can move them around a little bit, that helps. It just helps their learning. Right next door, uh, Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Row. Jim, on the other side of, of Denzel, how, how have you evaluated the way that, that Davison has played uh, so far and in Jordan in the slot? Uh, Davison, very aggressive. You know, very aggressive. You know, he. I think, uh, you know, you feel him out there. You feel his presence there. Um, he's continuing to get better, but he's aggressive. And, uh, you know, you can count on him to show up in the running game, which is a big deal there into the boundary. Um, and, and Jordan is, is, is really talented, you know. Moving to that nickel position is, is really, um, it's not that easy, you know. The nickel corner or, you know, you want, you want to have a guy there with corner skills, but then there's a myriad of adjustments that go with it. So he's just continued um, – He's just continued to improve. You know, he's going to get better every game. And two and done, Pat Murphy, 24-7 sports. Steve asked you about Cody. Joey asked you about the defensive ends. You talked about wanting to play more depth at both those positions coming in the season. But once you get into it, do you have to kind of reevaluate where you can do that, how you can do I mean, to us, it's okay, you just put guys in and play yeah. more, but I realize there's more to it. Yeah, always, always, you know. You're constantly weighing, hey, we want to play more guys. I want to play more guys. You want more guys to play. And then, you know, uh, you find yourself falling back into, you know, certain people at certain times. So, yeah, there's there's what's working, you know, versus what you want to do. And uh, most of the time as a coach, you're going to stick with what's working. And, and we'll close off far right, Adam Kane, WBNS. You go through fall camp, the off season, but there's kind of an intangible to when you win a game like that on the road up at Notre Dame. When you look at that locker room afterwards, and I guess throughout the bye week, do you see this kind of defense bonding together more, saying, hey, look, you know, this is all we work for? Yeah, I mean, that, that belief amongst players, it's exactly like you talk about in our game. It's all it's all good to talk about but you know until you actually do it on the field you know you want to talk a game you want to you want to uh envision the game then then uh it's either you do or you don't and the more the more you do you know the better you feel and the more you believe coach the answer in the locker room after nope coach i got i got no. one more in. uh jeremy birmingham rivals the podcast jim uh because Cody, because Steele and Tommy have been so reliable and so good, whenever they have a game that maybe looks off, I think it stands out to people maybe more than other guys. Was there something specific that Notre Dame was doing that made them look so out of place at times, or is that a consistent issue with the more physical offensive lines getting to them? Yeah, I mean, you you, yeah, you're right on. Um, they, you know, really good offensive line, you know. Um, and you know a premier opponent 
and you know they they can they can play better you know they both know it and uh like i said it's 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 a when you win a game like that you can learn a lot from it that'll help your growth uh overall you know so you know it's going to come around again you know and, and uh and they'll be better coach thank you very much Thanks for your